everybody to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today I have with me Solange Abu Nasser. She is a strategic account manager in the banking and financial services um, at VMware based out of Dubai. Hi Solange, nice to have Hello. you. Hello, thank you, thank you, pleasure. It's uh, so nice having you on my channel finally. I've been looking forward to this. Let's talk a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are. Yes, thank you. And hello to everybody. And I'm really looking forward for this discussion uh, today. So uh, I'm uh, uh, to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm originally from Beirut, uh, from Lebanon. And uh, today I'm living in uh, the beautiful city of Dubai, the dream of everybody. I'm uh, a middle child uh, among five. And uh, uh, not very surprising to me, I have uh, two elder sisters and uh, two uh, younger brothers and uh, I'm sure this is what uh, started my identity revolution I have uh, I'm actually married as well and I have three amazing uh, boys uh, one of them is uh, 11 and a half and I have twins uh, they are also nine years old um, so yeah this is <laughs> a handful of uh, responsibilities but also uh, joyful so uh, I lived in uh, in Beirut and among a big family, as I said, it started my uh, identity revolution because I wanted the, the, the both the words. I wanted to be with my brothers uh, because they were so active and fun. And I wanted also to be with my sisters. They had this amazing soft uh, life. So I always thought of myself as a human being, an individual human being. And I never uh, had a, a stereotype of me being a girl. And this is something that I carried uh, throughout my life. I never look at myself as a woman as such. I'm just a human being. And uh, this uh, also uh, pushed me to, uh, to always think that I have to be objective oriented, target oriented. And uh, I always felt that I need to put my, my life on track. I need to be financially independent because I, I had a big family, so I didn't want to ask my father for money every time I want to go and come. So I ended up having a small business at the age of nine and <laughs> I was I was enjoying it because I didn't want to ask anybody for anything. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think uh, this is something that helped me be who I am today and I think I I call myself a resilient older child I still have this child uh, somewhere in me that's such an interesting backstory so the big family with two elder sisters two younger brothers and you are actually a middle child and I have this notion maybe it's not true but this is my experience that middle children are always a bit rebellious so they're always um, a bit more um, inclined to do things differently so I think your story shows that as well and what I also loved a lot is that you said you saw yourself as a human and I think this is something we should aspire to you know not to think about ourselves as women or men but uh, you know try to be ourselves so this is an important point and there's one thing I really want to know is what that business was that you had as a nine-year-old 
Yes, uh, so at the age of nine, I had uh, I had two things to do, actually. I was doing bracelets, and at that time, there was no YouTube, so I had to figure out how to do the bracelets, and I had to do earrings and stuff, and I used to sell them at school. And uh, we didn't have phones at that time, so I used to sneak out of my house and go and work as a librarian uh, as, as in a side job. So I used to work for two, three hours, and then earn some money and come back home and so I, I did enjoy the non-technology piece of our lives <laughs> at that time. That's so nice, that's so nice. Um, I love the library part as well. So I was wondering because you say you grew up in Beirut and um, obviously um, I would have expected because I have no idea about Beirut obviously is that uh, you would have grown up in a more protected environment because I grew up in Nigeria, for example, I wasn't allowed to leave the house without my parents knowing or sneaking away. So how did your parents react to you? Because you seem to have been very, um, uh, what is the word in English, uh, self-contained and you did your own thing. How did your parents react to that? Um, well, uh, coming to, to this, I have to say that my mother uh, was uh, very strong. And I only remember my mom working. I only remember. So we had, we were five at home and uh, she had a job. And at that time there was no maids and nannies and supports uh, system at all. And her, her family lived uh, very far away. And I always looked at her and I'm like, I'm surprised and amazed by mm -hmm. how strong this lady is. And she uh, honestly raised us uh, exactly uh, the same girls and boys and she 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 leaned on us and she she showed us that she's trusting us mm -hmm. when i when i felt this trust i actually had to be at the level of this trust and i never uh, sneaked out in the wrong way uh, mm -hmm. it was only to to grow myself and to tell her that i am worth this trust mm -hmm. uh, but she she's she trusted us and this is what mattered but uh, also just to to say that beirut uh, is not uh, uh, a non-safe environment. So the, okay. the, where where we lived was a, a very nice area. People uh, know each other. We used to even have a lot of volunteer work uh, in the oh. area. Uh, we used to go and uh, uh, I used to teach uh, in the in the church for a very long time. So mm -hmm. I was either in the church or doing some work or selling some stuff. So it was it was always around. So she always knew where to find me if she wanted. Oh, okay. To find me. So. It yeah. wasn't that dangerous. Uh, eventually. No, that's why I love uh, talking to people from all over the world, because obviously I have no idea what Beirut is like. And I was just, you know, we have this preconceived notions of certain places. Like, for example, my idea of Beirut was that it was dangerous. And it's so interesting to hear your part of the story and also give our audience a glimpse into that life that you had there. So we have, you know, have a better idea of what it was like. So tell me a little bit about uh, your your educational life. So you grew up in Beirut. What kind of school did you go to? What kind of degree did you um, aspire to? What did you do? Yes, of course. So uh, uh, we we attended a normal uh, mixed 
uh, school uh, mm -hmm. in uh, in Lebanon, and in uh, talking about Beirut, uh, Lebanese people would do anything to give a good education for their children. So they would uh, pay everything for a good school, and we were really going to a great school. Mm -hmm. um, when uh, I decided to uh, to go for the university, I I studied uh, psychology. I wanted to study in clinical uh, psychology, and I was very interested in uh, where clinical psychology is taking me uh, until uh, I, um, because I always had side jobs, uh, uh, for a, a period of time, I was uh, uh, working with the Standard Chartered Bank uh, in the contact center. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is where I thought, oh my goodness, psychology, this is not what I wanted <laughs> to do. I want to sell uh, banking solutions. Okay. And uh, uh, this is the, this was the best turning point of my life because I shifted from clinical psychology to the industrial psychology. Mm -hmm. And that was a brand new major in, the, in Lebanon. Uh, we were only seven in this batch. And uh, uh, after uh, finishing industrial psychology and starting in the sales career, I, I felt that I am actually using a lot of the psychology and the way I manage my business and in the way I am actually uh, working with my customers. So I never, uh, I was never the typical salesperson who will just put their hands in, their, in your pocket. So I uh, decided that I want to skill myself more and I did a master's degree in international uh, uh, business with a focus on uh, a strategy. And this is where I developed my unique approach of uh, a customer-centric uh, and value selling uh, uh, strategy on how to use the psychology in building uh, positive uh, and uh, uh, beneficial business relationships. So yeah, this is on the- Industrial psychology, that is so interesting. I did not know that this exists. So, um, and it's also an interesting switch from, you know, a clinical psychology to industrial psychology. And now you are actually still working uh, focused on customers in the banking and finance. Uh, True. So this is uh, something that, that is a link between all these things, I think, that moment in working at the bank and realizing this is what you want to do. Um, True. So uh, just to tell you on the industrial psychology, what mm -hmm. I liked about it is that it always reminded me that uh, whatever solution we provide to our customers should have a value to them on a personal level and on a professional mm -hmm. level. And uh, the beauty of it is that while I was working, let's say, in the contact center agent, I was seeing that this small credit card that I'm selling to this person will change his life because he will use it, let's say, to travel or he will use it to pay the education of their children. If, similarly, when I matured and I grew in my career, even um, let's say today a multi-cloud solution that I provide to to the to a certain bank I know that first thing I think about it how this will impact the user how this will impact the people uh, when I was selling let's say in a previous organization the actual plastics so I was sitting in my car uh, stuck in traffic and I'm looking, looking beside me, and I imagine all these people around me in their pockets carrying a plastic card that I sold. <laughs> Just this helps me to be more passionate about what yeah. I'm doing, adding value to the community. And this is what matters uh, the most. 
This is such a good approach because I think we tend to forget, even though we always talk about value selling and thinking about the customer, but we tend to forget that link, that direct link of what we're doing to, uh, to the life of the customer where we, who we're selling stuff to. So this is a, such a good approach. And I think something we should always try to remember, even, you know, we're all really passionate about what we do, but this is an aspect that can help us, you know, give us a little more drive still. And I, I can feel your positive energy and the way you talk about the whole thing and I can feel you know the passion that you have um so tell me a little bit more about how you came to be a woman in IT now because you are you're working for one of the biggest software companies in the world what brought you here from the bank um you were working at at that time yes so uh, as I told you I I I started very early and I, I started uh, even uh, uh, the, the, as a librarian and uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the library I used to sell books and, and then after that I, I just wanted uh, to a job, you know, and then I worked in event management for the longest time ever. I used oh, even really? to, to wear these characters, you know, the Winnie the Pooh character jumping <laughs> around. I, I used to do every possible thing that uh, uh, that uh, that I gives me uh, uh, puts me on track. I didn't know where I want, and then uh, uh, eventually I landed uh, a, a contact center agent job in Standard Chartered, and uh, this is the trigger. I was like, yes, this is what I like, and this is wh where I will grow. And this is honestly something that uh, let me uh, even park my event management, uh, park everything else. So what I only what I didn't park uh, is the volunteering uh, work. So I, till now today, I still do the volunteering uh, 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 teaching and stuff. Uh, so I focused on the IT uh, mainly not because of the IT. It's my passion to the banking ecosystem that drove me here. And then I said, okay, I love it. It's fine. I'm growing in Standard Chartered. Now what? And uh, this is where I decided uh, after getting married to join my husband in Dubai. And uh, I joined a technology company uh, who is also a card processing company. So why I loved it? Because I said to myself, I want to know what happens on the background of the banking transaction. What happens for this uh, card to reach the customer for the loan to be released to the customer so it was all all driven by the banking passion mm -hmm. and then i found myself moving from a technology space to the other just because i wanted to cover all the pieces of the banking ecosystem mm -hmm. and uh, without knowing my passion to uh, banking made me focused into the it industry mm -hmm. Uh, so now I, 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 I know what happens on the uh, switching side, on the card management, on the ATM, uh, how the ATM uh, gives you the, the money. It's not as simple as just yeah. someone sitting inside. I can tell you, no one is sitting inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the uh, customer experience, the contact center capabilities. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed working in the contact center space because mm -hmm. I know what contact center agent will uh, will face and the challenges they will have. Yeah. And uh, now recently on the multi cloud capabilities of the MWare, all this for me is not only IT. Mm -hmm. All this is a banking ecosystem capability and how the entire capability that the technology is providing is changing people's life. 
how a person will be able to pay their school fees mm -hmm. within uh, the support that we are giving. How, let's say, you are able today to have your application mobile app available at all times when you need to pay or send money to your parents because of what VMware, let's say, is providing in terms of app modernization and capabilities. So this is mainly uh, the, the what, what brings me into the passion of uh, IT. That's such an such an important topic that you just touched on, and it's one that is very dear to my heart. And this is one of the reasons why I want to have more women in in IT, because I think what we need to understand, and you illustrated this so nicely, is that IT is no longer technology. It is something that touches all parts of our lives. When you talk about you know sending money to your parents or whatever you're doing, everything is somehow connected to IT. And I feel it's so important that. Um, how can I say that this IT, the technology that we build reflects uh, the whole society and women are an important part of that. And we need to be there to shape it and, and to control it as well. And that's why I, I think it's so important to bring more women into IT. And I love the way you described how, how the whole banking and the IT uh, impacts in all society. And I think it's an important point. But I wanted to ask you initially um, why you were so passionate about uh, the whole banking thing, but the way you described it, I already understand why because you see how important all these little financial transactions are for every person's life so it touches yes. every aspect right absolutely absolutely we we all have uh, our uh, challenges you know and um, uh, eventually uh, it's it's all uh, uh, supported uh, financially somehow Mm -hmm. uh, whether, uh, let's say, in Lebanon for a certain uh, time, we had uh, a bank who launched uh, a fertility uh, loan mm -hmm. for people who had uh, fertility issues. They can go and provide their medical reports and the bank will give them a loan to do a fertility treatment. Uh, yes, on a joke side, it wasn't a joke, but because let's say in Lebanon, uh, it's very uh, um, popular for women to do, let's say, uh, 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 beauty surgeries, we had also a loan for, be for beauty oh, okay. surgeries. Mm -hmm. But uh, so we have the, both the extremes. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, let's say uh, also in the banking, uh, you have your card that is stolen. So uh, your card is stolen and uh, you need to contact uh, someone to stop it. If the contact center is not up and running, mm -hmm. uh, this is a big problem because the huge loss is something that the person will carry. Uh, the entire experience uh, uh, of, uh, of our lives, unfortunately, is around what banks are providing us from capabilities uh, perspective. And this is where all the companies that I joined and specifically uh, VMware today are working, uh, are doing a huge role in making the lives of the people easier by providing the better solutions to the, to the banks and to other organizations as well. But just because I, I have this passion to banks and this is where I'm bringing this point. Yes, so uh, specifically more, uh, I also see that today uh, children are more uh, 
um, enthusiastic about earning money because mm -hmm. of the YouTubers uh, they are yeah. seeing, uh, because of uh, uh, the ads they are seeing. Mom, look, this is a shirt that I want to buy, pay online, the PS4 credits. So mm -hmm. all this is something also that banks are uh, about to do uh, mm -hmm. to change the mentality uh, of the banking uh, ecosystem by offering digital banks. And yeah, 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 true. Mm -hmm. So to offer digital banks is actually something to address the younger generation. And this is where the technology is indeed a very important element to simplify uh, the banking uh, transaction, the banking experience. So it's touching everywhere with the children, the adults, the, the uh, uh, any any education, any uh, any gender, so it touches everybody's lives. Yeah, I agree. And um, banking has always done it. It has always been a very intri intricate part of our lives. And now IT is too, because the digitalization has you know um, gone into every aspect of our living. And I was wondering, since you have a background in psychology, and then you know you were at the university, then you were in the bank, and then you slowly moved into technology. Did you have? How was the experience? Is there a difference between working in banking, you know, as banking, or in technology? Did you experience this as a different environment? Oh, that's a, that's a question that I did not prepare for. And oh. I can tell you, I can tell you. Uh, look, uh, on a personal level, I grew in a in a country uh, where people would stay in in a job for 15, 20 wow. years, thirty mm -hmm. years. You know, so a banking job in Lebanon is something that everybody would kill for because mm -hmm. it's like a stable uh, job. Uh, mm -hmm. No one will fire you unless you steal. You know, so for me. I was this young, passionate, full of energy girl coming to work in a, in a bank and I didn't have even a university degree. <laughs> I was just, uh, I, I actually grabbed life uh, very early and then the HR calls me and he's like, okay, uh, you landed a job. I was 17 years old when I was a full-time employee. So mm -hmm. I, I said, no, no, I don't want uh, to be a full-time employee. He says, <laughs> what? <laughs> Everybody would kill for it. And I, I hope he will see this because he will remember me. I said, I don't want to work in this job for 20 years. I want to grow. And he said, you can grow anytime you want. Just mm -hmm. choose what you want to do and you can do it. But for now, take the offer. <laughs> so so when, uh, when actually I came to Dubai, I had a transfer offer from Standard Chartered. Mm -hmm. And I had the other offer from the technology company and I said, no, no, I don't want to sit in the bank because this is not my, I don't want any, anything to lock me. I want to go and uh, sit in the vendor seat. And it's much better for me, at least I'm talking about myself. It had a different exposure. Uh, we are not talking to the retail anymore to the user and user we are talking to the uh, uh, b2b we are talking to the actual decision makers and i was able to do a much bigger impact to people's lives because i can help the banks taking a better decision to make people's lives better yeah. and uh, uh, the growth is uh, better the um, uh, potential uh, yeah. is yeah. Uh, better 
and the, the contact with people is uh, is totally uh, different and i think this gave me this adrenaline rush and every time you go to a customer and you explain to them what values you can give them and then they say yeah why not it's a good idea and you grow this idea from uh, a dream that you had in mind because this is where i wanted to see the mm -hmm. the banking to, to them believing in you and then this idea becomes a project and this project becomes a, a somewhere alive somewhere so mm -hmm. i remember on sheikh zaid road uh, a couple of times i parked my car and took a picture of an advertisement <laughs> for a product that i i worked on with a customer and they believed in me you know so mm -hmm. it's uh, this is where the vendor experience is uh, yeah. totally yeah. different for me yeah i know what you mean I mean, it's working for a company like ours, you're working on the future, basically, you know, you come with this new technology, you explain it to the customer, and then you make it come true. Because, um, you know, you start out with something that the customer has maybe even not thought about. And then, then you come there and, and true, you are obviously a person who is very passionate about, you know, new uh, technology, knowing how things work. That's what I also heard, you know, you want to understand how things are connected. And you want to do new things all the time. So this is really important for you and I, I i understand that because that that's what makes this job in it really interesting mm. and you also talked about people because obviously for a lot of women like us it's important to have this opportunity to talk to people you know it's not just sitting in front of your computer and maybe programming something it's actually connection and and shaping absolutely 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 yeah so there's something else i remember that i wanted to ask you because you talked about volunteering what kind of volunteer work do you do? Uh, so mainly, uh, some what I did not stop like uh, from a very young age is uh, uh, teaching. Uh, I, I teach in the in the church. I started very, very, uh, very early, and uh, I still do till now. And mm -hmm. I teach religion to small, uh, tiny children, and mm -hmm. uh, it's very nice. It's very nice. That sounds really fun. Um, and the reason I asked was because, um, you know, obviously this women in technology spotlight, we are trying to target young women um, and, and girls to be interested in technology, to be as passionate as you are about the whole thing. And uh, I was wondering if you also talk to like maybe schools and girls in schools about what you do to make them interested. Is that something you also do? About the women part and about our exactly. engagement. Uh, so uh, it's, it's mainly to uh, uh, talk to little girls uh, who are in the decision-making stage and uh, invite them to consider the IT industry as a future because uh, it has a lot of potential. They mm -hmm. can invest a lot of their energies and their passion within the IT industry by just being themselves and putting their own uh, rules and the standards. So yes, this is something that we are working on uh, with uh, my colleague uh, in the women board. Yeah, so I, I was thinking that um, maybe you have some insight because you have three boys. Um, yes. Do you have um, or do you see any difference in them than to to how you approach life or are you just their role model and they try to be like you or um, do you think there is a difference between small or young boys and, and young girls at that age? I mean, it's hard to generalize, I guess. I so wish that uh, when they grow uh, they will consider me a role model because 
I think they give me the drive. They give me the push to wake up every day and say, no, no, you cannot <laughs> fall. You have to stand up, make look, look strong. If you don't want to be strong, act strong just for them to see you you know so I, this is uh, interesting that you mentioned so look we live in a country uh, uh, that is so amazingly multi uh, uh, cultural mm -hmm. and um, to the extent that children here they don't feel or they don't even think about the, uh, the diversity they actually live the diversity mm -hmm in them you know so one of, uh, one of the boys uh, my son uh, andrew uh, came to me one day and uh, he had uh, a major concern because one of the girls in his class was very good in football and he wanted her to be on his team but the other boys didn't want her to join because it's a it's a boys game and he came to me and he said mom I have to bring her, she's strong, but I don't understand why they don't want. And I asked him, I said, Andrew, why, why do you want her to be in the team if she's a girl? And he said, I don't care about her being a boy or a girl. She has the skill, she's, she has a strong uh, kick, she can score, she can play. So I don't care, she's an individual. And for me, I was like a nine years old, telling me the diversity story that we are trying to <laughs> position today at the 40 years old, you know? So the today's generation is ready. Today's generation is a neutral to gender, neutral to uh, race, neutral to everything. They are driven by uh, humanity, driven by objectives, driven by success, by passion, by ambition. So there is a huge difference between when I was a young girl and when they are uh, today uh, young boys. And I, I, I hope this answers. Uh, yeah, it does, it does. And it's questions. very touching and it's also, it gives you hope for the future really, you know? Yes. Because this is what we're trying to achieve, you know, not to think about whether it's a boy or girl, but just think about what you're capable as a human being. And so, maybe I think uh, going back to your point of being a role model, because at home, uh, between me and my husband, we don't preach about uh, equality and diversity. Mm -hmm. We actually live equal. And we, we actually uh, uh, have it embedded. So it's, we don't do the effort in front of them. So uh, my children are raised in this uh, environment already. So it's, uh, we are not, uh, yeah, in, we are actually living the speech uh, rather uh, discussing it uh, only. And that is so important because children actually don't listen to what you say, they just see what you do. So if you True. tell them they should be equal and you don't live it, you could True. just as well not say anything, you know. True, true. So, this is amazing, but I see that we already passed our 30 minutes, so I already have to wind down the interview. I'm sorry, I'm no, sorry for no, that, so but uh, it's really exciting uh, discussion, so thank Actually, you. It's so great to talk to you. And just as a final just uh, question is, is there anything you would tell a young Solange that you know now, or maybe a tip you would give, um, something like, like a motto or some, I don't know, advice? Uh, yeah, if, uh, if I want to, uh, to talk to the young Solange, I will have to remind her that uh, the, 
the uh, stereotypes, uh, uh, we don't know who did the stereotypes. We don't know who created benchmarks. And I would remind myself to set my own uh, standards based on what would challenge me and what would make me uh, happy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to and maybe I will tap myself on the back and say it's okay to be wrong. It's yes. okay. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Accept it. It's okay to to fail. Uh, you will be able to stand up. Maybe yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for that. And especially the part about thinking about what makes you happy. I think too many women think too much about what makes other people happy, and then you know forget to think about themselves. Yes. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and talking with me. It was a thank pleasure. You. And, um, thank you so much. <laughs>